Who doesn't like a good underdog story, am I right? Everyone loves a good underdog story. I mean, we sat through three long-ass movies to watch two hobbits go from point A to point B to drop a fucking ring. And we watched four long hours of Bhuvan trying his best to win a cricket match so that they don't have to pay Trigna Ligan at the end and comes down to the very last ball. He goes for a six and he gets caught at the boundary. All hearts break. But wait, the fielders, he's standing beyond the boundary lines. It's a six. In a country where a billion people follow cricket and everyone knows that's a six and they just won, Bollywood still felt the need to spoon feed by adding a scene of that guy going, Hum jeet gaye. And of course, it was only after that uh, helpful bit of spoon feeding that I, I saw people running up and down the length of the theater hall screaming and waving their hands about in absolute ecstasy. Point being, we all love underdog movies. And today's episode is about one of the great underdog moments that is actually unfolding as we speak. This is a story involving the big bad wolves of Wall Street and a few regular internet users on Reddit bringing them to their knees. If you love underdog stories just like I do, you're going to love this one. Hello and welcome back to the Thigh Gap Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4, and my name is Bogus Nog, and I'm very happy to have you here with us. Uh, my co-host, of course, is still in a Crooked Bali jail. The Thigh Gap Podcast comes out every Thursday on Apple, Google, and Spotify, and a bunch of other podcast services. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at underscore Thigh Gap, Twitter at at Thigh Gap, and you can also write to us with any uh, feed any helpful feedback that you may have at mind thy gap at gmail.com that's one word m-i-n-d-t-h-y-g-a-p all right let's get to this exciting story and i want to emphasize that the it is this is a story that i'm going into so if anyone out there who's listening is well-versed in the financial world or at least knows more than I do. I mean, the bar for that is pretty low, let me tell you. But if I get any of the technical details here, you know, here and there a little wrong, just pucker up and, uh, you know, hold on to your seat because what's important for me is to, is the underlying story and not really more of the technical details. So I'm really trying to get to the story of this. Okay, and the story is fucking great okay so now when we say story of course we're going to have a bunch of uh, characters in the story so you have a company an ailing company called gamestop then you have a forum on reddit called wall street bets you have a trading app called Robinhood. 
you have your usual suspects in the news media, the general public, and a guy called Michael Berry, who is quite famous as an investor on his own, and then another guy who is going to be famous from now on um, as an as a value investor, and his username on the internet is Deep Fucking Value. That's one word. All right, so these are the characters that are going to come up in my in the story that I'm going to share with you. And uh, okay, so first of all, before we get into the main story itself, for those of you who are not aware, we need to set the context and explain what short selling means in the big bad financial world. All right, so short selling means basically if you think a company is not performing well or you think that company's value is going to go down in a short uh, in a short term period then you will bet against that company on the market let me give you an example let's say i come to you and borrow a book from you with the condition that at the end of the week i will return this book to you okay and you say fine but as soon as i take that book off your hands i go and sell it at market value let's say the market value is 100 bucks so i out of nowhere i just got 100 bucks now now what what i'm going to do is by the end of the week if the market value is going down now if the book costs 80 bucks i'm going to buy the same book for 80 bucks and i'm going to return it to you because I made the promise, so I have to return it to you by the end of the week. Now I'm buying it for cheaper, and I'm giving it to you. So I'm, my profit is the 20 bucks in balance. But if after I borrow it from you, in that week, that book suddenly becomes so popular that from, the, from a value of 100 bucks, it shoots up to 150 bucks. Now I still have to meet my commitment. I have to return the book to you but I already sold it at 100 So I have to go back to the market, buy it for 150 and give it back to you. So now I'm making a loss of 50 bucks. So that is how short selling works, which is I'm borrowing something which I don't have and I'm selling it with a commitment of returning uh, that after you know a set amount of time. And I'm also betting on the value going down because that's exactly why I'm borrowing it because I want to make that I want to make that marginal profit now if any of you are idealistic in nature or principled and you're thinking how is this even possible how is this legal for you to just borrow something sell it off and make a profit this way well it turns out it is and not just that but you can also short more than 100% of a company's stock and try to make a profit out of that. Now, what does that mean? What that means is you're borrowing more than what's there, what's available. Can you believe that? How is that in any way, shape, or form making sense? How can I borrow more of something than what's existing already. But 
the US market apparently allows for this. And that's what happened in this story. And that's very important for us to remember because this is what triggered um, or put things in motion. Okay. Now, just by virtue of that introduction, it may seem like, oh, this short selling, why does it even exist? Like, how can this be legal? How can this be a practice that is accepted? Well, it turns out, actually, I mean, I thought the same, but it turns out that actually there are benefits to short selling when it is done right. But at the same time, it also turns out that it can be used in nefarious ways. So let's look at both scenarios. In terms of benefit, whenever a company's value uh, in terms of you know its stock price is overestimated, and that's possible because either there's misinformation or fake news going around about how well this company is doing when reality could be something else. And it could also be that the company itself is involved in some malpractice. They're cooking the books, so to speak, uh, which is causing their value to go up in the stock market, but actually their fundamentals, uh, which is the, the industry term for it, their fundamentals are not strong. So what the short sellers do in this case is ideally they do a lot of research into the company's books. They try to cross all the T's and dot all the I's as as they say it. And they, with this analysis, they try to figure out if the numbers that this company is putting out there is that actually true? Is that valid? Or is there some fooling around going on? And this is the way that um, actually the Enron um, collapse or the Enron companies got caught. And this is the same way that uh, in 2008, when the US housing market crashed, um, a few people figured that out beforehand and they were trying to warn others because and those people were short sellers and they were looking into what was going on and they figured out before everyone else that you know this is a house of cards it's all going to come crashing down so that's the benefit of short selling uh it it provides a counterbalance to unending and sometimes um harmful optimism in how a company is doing. You know, just people going by the fields and uh, news media articles, etc. And short sellers uh, tend to bring everyone to the ground and try to give a more realistic picture of what's going on. On the flip side, the nefarious means of using short selling is you have these big funds in Wall Street. They're called hedge funds. Hedge funds are nothing but a pool of funds of multiple people. They pool them up into one hedge fund, and then the people who run that hedge fund, you know, invest all of these people's money in different directions. And because that capital 
uh, tends to get very high, like into the billions. They get um, they get few more liberties with how much risk they can trade with and how quickly they can move and blah 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 blah. You get the picture. They're rich. They got more money. They get to play with more um, basically leeway. So these are hedge funds, and there are multiple of them in Wall Street. So what they do sometimes is even in collusion with each other and like in collaboration, you know, backdoor meetings, etc. They try to fix prices of a certain stock. They um, they have these infamous dinner parties or dinner meetings where they discuss, you know, a few company stocks, and then they figure they land on some particular names and they start aggressively shorting these stocks now what happens is they are kind of looked at as an authority figure by the other traders elsewhere in wall street who are not hedge fund people who are managing smaller funds and these people tend to you have that authority complex right you see them making big moves and you think, oh, these guys know something we don't, which in a way they do. But these guys know something which we don't, and they are moving they're moving their investments in a certain way. So let's do the same to, you know, for great success, basically. So when they start aggressively shorting a company's stocks, what happens is that company's stock goes... Um, immediately starts uh, tanking. It goes down and down and down and down. And as it's going down, it has a ripple effect on everyone else in the market. They see, oh shit, this company's stock is going down. So whatever I have, I better sell it now before it goes down to zero. And I make a huge loss on this. So let me just cut my losses um, and sell it off now itself. So in that panic and fear, they sell off whatever stocks they have. And the price still keeps going down because the more a number of more people sell a stock, the market understands that there is no demand for this stock. So the price keeps going even further down now. And so these guys, they engineer a system where these stocks go all the way to zero. And once it goes so low, then these guys come and swoop, swoop in and basically buy all of these stocks in the market at dirt cheap rates and because they buy in such volumes what happens when a lot of stock is bought in very short amounts of time the market understands that oh there is demand for this stock and now the stock value goes up because there are so many purchase orders and what these people do then is they would have shorted the stock from a certain price and they would have caused the draw, uh, price to fall and then they buy at dirt cheap value. So they're making all that money, all that value in the balance, they're making all that profit. And you have to imagine the scale. Like I said, these funds, their total working capital sometimes crosses, not sometimes, more often than not crosses a billion, two billion. So they're buying up a lot of these stocks. They're moving a lot of these stocks. So even if they get um, $40 or $50 of profit per share, 
if you multiply that over all of the stocks that they're moving around, like ping pong, that goes to crazy amounts of profit for all these people. And that is the nefarious way in which um, these guys have used short selling. So what happened in this story is our main character is called GameStop. GameStop is a brick and mortar uh, gaming store where you go in, you buy games or you rent games and then you return games to them. Basically, it was a business model that was already um, going out of fashion or already probably has gone out of fashion with how the world works because we're more into digital purchases now. We're more into the Netflix and Amazon kind of uh, business model now. And GameStop was not evolving quickly enough to adapt to these changes. So even before the pandemic hit, uh, a bunch of their stores, their brick and mortar retail stores, were actually being closed down. Uh, Some of their employees were being laid off. And then the pandemic hit. And that was even worse for this company because now in a lockdown, no one's going out to a physical store. So a lot more stores closed down and they were in big, big trouble. It came to a point where they even started arguing with their government that they should be considered an essential service in the pandemic because people need their entertainment. That's cute, but that's what they did. And uh, things are not looking good. So already um, there are indications that this company is not evolving quickly enough. So at this point, if anyone were to short the stock, it would be completely reasonable because there is no signs of promise from the company itself. And so GameStop was shorted by a bunch of people in Wall Street, which is was not the shocking part. What was shocking, though, is that it was one of the stocks that was consistently shorted for um, quite a long, uh, you know, a long period of time, where maybe you could say the company's actual value could have been twenty bucks per share, but it was shorted so aggressively that the stock price quickly came down to four bucks a share. That was one of the red flags that uh, a few people took notice of. But then the other, the biggest red flag was that whoever was planning this uh, shorting kind of got a little too greedy for their own good. And they went and shorted about 140 plus percentage of the stock. And as we, uh, as I shared before, what that means is they borrowed more shares than they were existing on the market. It boggles your mind as to how that's even possible, but that's actually what happened. They borrowed more shares than they were available in the market, and then they sold them, basically sold them, which means they put it out there for people to buy. And they were confident that everyone would get scared of the price getting low and everyone would keep selling as it usually happens when they do this. And they had good reasons to be confident because 
the one of the big players that was behind this sharding was a company called Melvin Capital. It's one of the key players in our story. So Melvin Capital is supposed to be this huge hedge fund, very successful, made a lot of uh, like fuck ton of money in profits for their investors. But these hedge funds, they only take in a limited pool of uh, investors to manage. And But the demand for Melvin was so high in Wall Street that Melvin had to turn people back. And you're turning back millionaires, multi-millionaires. You're turning them back saying, our pool is full. We can't take in any more people. So, sorry. And so what these people did, they just, you know, formed um, other hedge funds of their own. And they went for the second prize, which is basically look at what Melvin is doing and just copy what Melvin is doing. So in effect, you now have not just one company called Melvin Capital who's making these moves, but you have a bunch of copycat hedge funds who is looking to this one company and trying to ape their every move. So what does that translate to? It means that whatever big moves or big risks these people are taking, there are a bunch of other people taking on the same risk. If you are shorting more than 100% of the stock that is available, that means there is no limited ceiling to how much you have to buy back. If people keep buying and the stock stock keeps going up, then your only hope is for people to sell those shares to you because you have to honor the contract and buy it from them. But if they don't sell, if they hold those shares, and if more people keep buying, and the price keeps going up, then the price can keep going up. There is no limit to that price. Now, a $4 share can go up to $1,000 and even more. Which means, instead of getting a profit on these shortage uh, stocks, these guys will have to pay out of their noses to honor the contract. And this is what happened in the case of GameStop. So they drove it down to a point where it went to $4. And that's when a few keen eyes noticed, A, this stock has been shorted for a while in the market. And B, someone went and stock uh, shorted more than 100% of the stock, which is insane. So that means if you bought shares at $4, if someone bets so highly that more than 100% they bet, 140%, then they expect that the price to go up. That's why they're betting 140%. That's the gamble they're doing. So if they're expecting the price to go up, and if you now buy at 4 bucks, that means when it goes up, you're going to make a huge profit. Right? So this is what a couple of people famously, others also may have noticed, but a couple of people noticed this. One guy is called Michael Burry. Michael Burry shot to fame because he was one of the first people who noticed in 2007 that the 2008 you know, market crash was coming in the US, which, which caused a worldwide recession for some time. Um, and he shorted the stock. And he made 
tons of money in profit for his investors. Um, so Michael Berry was one of the first people to notice this trend happening with GameStop. GameStop, and there's another user on Reddit called Deep Fucking Value. This guy noticed the same thing. He is also of the school of long-term investing, value investing, and all that stuff. Uh, so when he noticed this back in July, he made July of 2020. He made a YouTube video, which in where he he basically typed out a word doc with all his reasoning as to why he was going long on GameStop. Now, going long is basically the opposite of going short. Going short, you're betting for the stock price to fall, but going long is you're betting for the price to go up. You're betting that the price would go up. So he's he provided some very sound reasoning, which is in recent times, GameStop had a few new board members added to their company, and these guys were known to be more tech-savvy, and they were known to be more, or let's just say, long story short, there was good reason to expect um, a turnaround from these guys. And they had joined the board of uh, directors of the company, and the you know, the stock has been shorted more than 140%. And the fact that the stock was going at four bucks was not at all reflective of what the company was actually worth. Uh, probably what it was actually worth was somewhere close to 15 or 20 bucks a share. So that means this uh, trend of four bucks is engineered. It is not natural. So he put all these dots together. He made a YouTube video and he explained to people um, that this is what this was his reasoning, and that's why he was going to invest in these uh, in this company. And so he invested about uh, fifty thousand bucks in shares at that point of time, back in July of twenty twenty. Michael Berry also invested a lot in GameStop. Uh, somewhere around the same time. What happened after that is other people started getting notice, um, you know, taking note of this, especially on a Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets is a forum where people of, uh, you know, from all walks of life, from different ages, they get together and they exchange information, tips about investing, etc., etc., quite popular, had about, I don't know, 4 million people or something on that board. And when people started talking about GameStop and what was going on, it started making sense to other people as well. And everyone expected that looking at all indications, this price is going to go up pretty quickly and there's going to be a short squeeze. A short squeeze is when basically you know, the price goes immediately up after uh, a stock has been immediately, uh, like, uh, excessively shorted. So when people on this forum started discussing about what they were observing with GameStop and what their reasoning was, it kind of made sense to the other people as well when they saw that this company was being undervalued, 
they decided to start buying and word spread it gained momentum and because these guys started buying the stock from this one um reddit forum primarily because um stock was being purchased the price started going up because it meant there was more demand for the stock now and as the price kept going up it went from 4 bucks to about 40 47 bucks in no time and it kept rising one of the main reasons for a lot of people being able to make these transactions quickly is uh, well one of the popular reasons was there's an app called Robinhood Robinhood is a trading app which allows um you know it basically makes the process very simple for dumb users and uh, so as these people keep buying the stocks the price kept going up now melvin capital the company who was betting heavily more than 100% short that this company's stocks would go down were actually going up and what that means is after a certain point of time melvin has to start buying back shares at whatever value it's on the market already it went from $4 to 40 which is 10x rise in value and melvin will have to buy each and every share at 40 bucks a piece but now the value is not stopping there it kept going up and translate if you translate this to the amount of volume that they shorted well pretty soon melvin capital needed more funds to actually stay afloat so a bunch of other hedge funds came together and gave them uh funds of about 3 billion dollars uh to manage the situation but what happens when they get that fund infusion the people are shocked and surprised to learn that they double down on the bet that they already had instead of just buying whatever shares were available at the higher higher value and taking their losses there they actually doubled down again to say that no this uh these price this this stock will still stay low and so once people saw that it triggered an even more uh you know widespread reaction where more and more people started buying the stock now because someone on the other end is claiming to take responsibility to buy them back from them once uh, after a certain period of time and as these people are buying more and more in effect they created a short squeeze situation where the price skyrocketed to about 140 dollars from there it went to more than 200 dollars it even touched 300 to 400 at one point of time and um melvin lost so much money they lost about they lost billions and in total the um wall street guys are said to have lost about 26 billion dollars just because of this and melvin capital had to sell um their holdings in other valuable companies to kind of scrape together some money to keep going you know and they got pretty close to the edge there actually and like i said before melvin's not the only one who was caught with the pants down because melvin is so popular 
in in Wall Street, a bunch of other hedge funds were created just to copy Melvin. So whatever Melvin was doing, these guys were also doing basically, and they all got caught uh, chasing after some heavy greed. And when these Reddit users came after them, um, you know, just buying buying shares, hoping that the value would go up. And when it did go up, well, Michael Burry, the guy who was one of the first to point it out and invest, he made about $250 million from, from just investing in uh, GameStop when it was at four bucks. That Reddit user I told you about, deep fucking value, like I said, in July 2020, he made a YouTube video saying he was going long into GameStop. He went in with an investment of 50,000 bucks. His investment turned to $14 million. From 50,000 to 14 million. And it's not just that. There were a bunch of people who bought into their logic and reasoning. And they also invested in GameStop. And they also made a lot of money. And that forum was full of posts where people were writing about paying off their debts because of this. People were writing about paying off outstanding hospital bills. And you had all these kinds of posts, I mean, you know, mixed with the usual memes and stuff. But you had these posts also of heartwarming stories where people were getting out of their liabilities just because of this democratized information that is that was so transparently done in a Wall Street forum on Reddit, as opposed to closed room, secret dealings, you know, dark fucking corners of uh, Wall Street, where the wolves howl under a twilight moon, all the kind of stuff. So this was very heartwarming to see because not just a post from these people getting out of their liabilities, you had people from the general public, you know, who had not even invested in GameStop at that point of time, they got on and started writing posts about how their family was completely fucked in the 2008, um, the housing market crash in the US, which caused a recession. They lost their homes. Their parents lost jobs. Their lives changed for the worse. And it was all because a bunch of these guys were off in a high place, speculating with money, you know, playing past the parcel and causing uh, money to go up and money money to go down and then crashing the whole thing. And these people had to basically bail them out. And they paid a very heavy price, a very high price for uh, someone else's uh, playtime, basically. And so those people also came and posted um, quite a few posts about, you know, how the previous financial crisis impacted their family and how they've been so pissed off at these wolves of Wall Street since then. And they were cheering these guys, these Reddit guys. They were cheering them on. They were saying, go for it, you know, go for the kill. We can't have these uh, guys, you know, just do whatever they want, basically, and uh, without consequence and uh, causing such damage to everyday people, everyday public. 
so it was a huge movement it became a a huge movement and that eventually led to a frenzy in the media as well it was very funny to see this especially the financial channels where they started off by condescending and making disparaging remarks about oh these people you know there's just internet dumb kids this is just dumb money uh these kids on internet they just want to meme uh, meme a stock to a high price that price is nowhere close to what it should be these people are getting out of hand you know and uh someone should regulate this they called the chairman of nasdaq and they said uh do you think there should be more regulation on social media do you think there should be more regulation on market on these people or uh, should we shut down the markets until this is sorted out you know starting to discuss uh things that were not within the legal framework that were not a part of the rules of the game and all the while not even mentioning that hey how come these hedge fund guys are able to short more than 100% of a company stock how come they are able to do this because that's what kicked off this entire thing what the reddit guys were doing was just was just a reaction and they just gave them back basically so there was not a word on any of those finance people but the whole time the blame was going on oh these dumb kids who don't know what you know what's going on they don't know anything about financial investment they just memeing and they want to watch the world burn and all this crap uh so it was incredibly hilarious to watch that side not mentioning the actual market manipulation that has been going on for a while and um, no one calls it out then coming out and blatantly arguing for changing the rules midway of the game just because they were on the losing side from there from aggressive finger pointing they came they they bent down and this is i'm talking through days of the price going up and up and people not selling they were just holding throughout the internet everyone was saying hold 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 diamond hands you know all that stuff is very funny so as they were holding the longer they ho- they held the share without selling it the price kind of went up you know so from aggressive finger pointing at the general public the news media went to trying to argue with reason and uh, rationale saying hey you know this company it's nowhere worth what it is now it's too high the price is too high which means it's going to come crashing down some point or the other do you really want to be holding these stocks when it comes crashing down do you really want to you know take that loss you don't know what you're doing this is it's going to be harmful to you you know like help me help you <laughs> sell the share please come on they even went to the extent where one guy i think it was jim cramer or something but i mean name's not important but there was one guy who who basically said wow you guys won you know you guys made a point now it's time to sell the share or you know you'll catch the loss and the prevailing sentiment on the internet was this is not about money you know it's about sending 
a message. And they were, it was, it became such a movement that people were just buying one share just to be a part of the whole thing. Even, even though they knew that in, in the end, they will not get money back on that one share. Uh, they will make a loss. But for them, it was just about, you know, getting a stab in. Yeah, just stab, stab the beast with your steely knives. Basically, from arguing um, to people's, uh, from appealing to people's better sense of um, logic and uh, rationale, they almost went to pleading. The funniest um, news media piece I saw in the recent past was there was an old guy who came and he was talking about how this GameStop thing revealed that all these people, you know, they're not able to go out. They don't have outdoor lives. And it's just staying indoors, you know, staying in front of a, sticking in front of a screen. It's no healthy way to live. You know, Get you should go more outdoors. You should step out, have a healthier life. You know, like don't bother with all this stock market nonsense. <laughs> I mean, the desperation. Oh, the desperation. You could just taste it. It was so good. So good. Um, but what happened after that? The twist did not stop coming. Very soon what happened after that is this app that people were using called, ironically called Robinhood, which was, you know, a guy who stole from the rich and gave to the poor, kind of did a U-turn where they stopped allowing people to buy any more of GameStop shares. And they said, oh, you can sell these shares, but you can't buy them anymore. Sorry. And that pissed off people so much. That even started a class action lawsuit on Robinhood and some other apps that started doing the same thing. Now, what came out later is that Melvin Capital, the people who you know originally shorted this GameStop stock at more than 100%, they're backed by another company called Citadel. So a fatter beast, basically. Now, the Robinhood app was also funded by Citadel. So now you have dots connecting each other and a more clearer picture was coming out to the public that these guys were trying to change the rules. These guys were trying to manipulate the market in a more blatant way than there has ever been, even though they've done it all the while. But they were forced now to come out into the open. And so this story has not ended. It is still going. Uh, as of now, the GameStop price, as of this recording, has come down to about $90 from where it was at 270 or something. But I was watching um, some Ivy League school professor who is famous for his knowledge about these things. And he said, by his calculation, the actual value of the price of 
GameStop currently should somewhere be around 57 or 58 bucks and it is still at 91 so you know the story is not over yet um you know no matter how it ends it has exposed quite a lot of things that yes you tend to know certain things by hunch but it's a completely different thing when it actually comes out in the open and your hunches are validated and this is what a lot of people are experiencing so a bunch of things that got exposed as an aftermath of this GameStop issue or the GameStop rebellion was that hedge funds as a trend have actually been doing bad for quite a long time now and the individual investors on the other hand people like on reddit like we spoke they are actually starting to have a much better track record on their investing trends and it also got exposed that these people they don't like the rules that they play by when the same rules go against them and what did they do in this situation they tried to change the rules midway to again benefit them the other thing that got exposed was how the hell is shorting a stock more than 100% even allowed? How? Because in India, that's not allowed. Um, I heard that in India, it's, there is an upper limit of about 20 to 25% that you can short, but not more than that. And that guideline is specifically in place so that, you know, there's not much market volatility and, you know, you don't, not, all, all of it doesn't come crashing down. The other thing that got exposed was when they were forced to make obvious moves in the open. And I'm including the news media reaction to that. So people could clearly see who the good guy was, who the bad guy was, and then they clearly saw the news media completely bad for the bad guy and blame the everyday uh, citizen as if they were manipul- as if they were manipulating the market. This was not unnoticed. What else? You had politicians from both sides of the aisle coming and questioning how these things were being allowed to happen. Which is a big thing considering at this point of time in that country, um, it's never been more divided between one side and the other side. So for politicians that do, keeping aside the fact if they were doing it just for optics or whatever, But politicians from both sides coming in agreeing that this manipulation that was being done in the market was uh, too out of the order and something had to be done, accountability had to be brought in. That was a huge thing. And another thing it exposed, finally, and most importantly, is that in a time where People are being divided on various factors, um, religion, you know, race, creed, blah, blee, blue, whatever it is. There's endless amount of uh, fragmentation in um, factors that seemingly divide us all. This particular scandal, this particular rebellion revealed 
to a whole lot of people where the actual and the most significant divide is today in society and that is of class and that brings us to the conclusion of the GameStop story for all you high class individuals who listen to the Thai Gap podcast subscribe and follow such um discerning taste such sophistication much wow um what did you guys think of this uh, story as it was unfolding were you also following it if not what do you think of it now now that you have the story with you um not i'm not so much focusing on oh the financial uh, technicalities and the jargon but the human element the human story underneath all of this um does that get your blood going let me know write in to us at mindthygap@gmail.com dm us on our socials god damn it come on i want to hear from you guys um but until then you can always look forward to the next thursday for the next episode of the thigh gap podcast and just remember thigh gap subscribe and share and share guys <laughs>